March 3rd, 1 Samuel, chapter 5, verse 1, through chapter 7, verse 2. When the Philistines captured the Ark of God, they brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Then the Philistines took the Ark of God and brought it into the house of Dagon and set it up beside Dagon. And when the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, behold, Dagon had fallen face downward on the ground before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and put him back in his place. But when they rose early on the next morning, behold, Dagon had fallen face downward on the ground before the ark of the Lord. And the head of Dagon and both his hands were lying cut off on the threshold. Only the trunk of Dagon was left to him. This is why the priests of Dagon and all who enter the house of Dagon do not tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod to this day. The hand of the Lord was heavy against the people of Ashdod, and he terrified and afflicted them with tumors, both Ashdod and its territory. And when the men of Ashdod saw how things were, they said, The ark of the God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is hard against us and against Dagon our God. So they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? They answered, Let the ark of the God of Israel be brought around to Gath. So they brought the ark of the God of Israel there. But after they had brought it around, the hand of the Lord was against the city, causing a very great panic, and he afflicted the men of the city, both young and old, so that tumours broke out on them. So they sent the Ark of God to Ekron. But as soon as the Ark of God came to Ekron, the people of Ekron cried out, They have brought around to us the Ark of the God of Israel to kill us and our people. They sent therefore and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines, and said, Send away the Ark of the God of Israel, and let it return to its own place, that it may not kill us and our people for there was a deathly panic throughout the whole city. The hand of God was very heavy there. The men who did not die were struck with tumours, and the cry of the city went up to heaven. The ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. And the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners and said, What shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us with what we shall send it to its place. They said, if you send away the ark of the God of Israel, do not send it empty, but by all means return him a guilt offering. Then you will be healed, and it will be known to you why his hand does not turn away from you. And they said, What is the guilt offering that we shall return to him? They answered, Five golden tumors and five golden mice, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines. But the same plague was on all of you and on your lords. So you must make images of your tumors and images of your mice that ravage the land and give glory to the God of Israel. Perhaps he will lighten his hand from off you and your gods and your land. Why should you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? After he had dealt severely with them, did they not send the people away and they departed? Now then, take and prepare a new cart 
and two milk cows, on which there has never come a yoke. And yoke the cows to the cart, but take their calves home, away from them. And take the ark of the Lord, and place it on the cart, and put in a box at its side the figures of gold, which you are returning to him as a guilt offering. Then send it off and let it go its way and watch. If it goes up on the way to its own land, to Beth Shemesh, then it is he who has done us this great harm. But if not, then we shall know that it is not his hand that struck us. It happened to us by coincidence. The men did so, and took two milk cows, and yoked them to the cart, and shut up their calves at home. And they put the ark of the Lord on the cart, and the box with the golden mice and the images of their tumours. And the cows went straight in the direction of Beth Shemesh, along one highway, lowing as they went. They turned neither to the right nor to the left, and the lords of the Philistines went after them, as far as the border of Beth Shemesh. Now the people of Beth Shemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley. And when they lifted up their eyes and saw the ark, they rejoiced to see it. The cart came into the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh, and stopped there. A great stone was there, and they split up the wood of the cart, and offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. And the Levites took down the ark of the Lord, and the box that was beside it, in which were the golden figures, and set them upon the great stone. And the men of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings, and sacrificed sacrifices, on that day to the Lord. And when the five lords of the Philistines saw it, they returned that day to Ekron. These are the golden tumours that the Philistines returned as a guilt offering to the Lord. One for Ashdod, one for Gaza, one for Ashkelon, one for Gath, one for Ekron, and the golden mice, according to the number of all the cities of the Philistines belonging to the five lords, both fortified cities and unwalled villages. The great stone beside which they set down the ark of the Lord is a witness to this day in the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh. And he struck some of the men of Beth Shemesh, because they looked upon the ark of the Lord. He struck seventy men of them, and the people mourned because the Lord had struck the people with a great blow. Then the men of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before the Lord, this holy God? And to whom shall he go up away from us? So they sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kiriath-Jerim, saying, The Philistines have returned the ark of the Lord. Come down and take it up to you. And the men of Kiriath-Jerim came and took up the ark of the Lord and brought it to the house of Abinadab on the hill. And they consecrated his son Eleazar to have charge of the ark of the Lord. From the day that the ark was lodged at Kiriath-Jerim, a long time passed, some twenty years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. But it's only a box, Sam storms. Like most of you, my family owns numerous boxes that serve a variety of purposes. My wife has a jewelry box, multiple shoe boxes, a cedar chest, and a box that contains some of our family's important documents. 
that none of them are regarded by our family as anything more than containers. So what could possibly have been so special and powerful about the Ark of the Covenant? It was, after all, only a box, and not a very big one at that, 47 inches long, 27 inches wide and high. Granted, it was overlaid with gold and overshadowed by two angelic figures, and it contained the golden jar of manna, Aaron's rod, and the tablets of the Ten Commandments. But it was still only a box. After defeating the Israelites in battle, the Philistines took the ark to the city of Ashdod and placed it in the temple of the pagan deity Dagon. What happened next, recorded for us in 1 Samuel chapter 5, verses 1-5, through 5, is both tragic and funny. Beyond the mutilation of the pagan idol, God inflicted the people of Ashdod with tumors. Some argue that this was an outbreak of bubonic plague, while others suggest they were hemorrhoids. The people of Gath and Ekron likewise suffered because of their desecration of this unusual box. What was it about this box that could possibly justify all this? The answer is found in several texts of Scripture. According to Exodus chapter 25, verses 21 through 22, it was at this box that God would speak to his people. According to 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, God was enthroned above the box. It was in and around the box that the glory of God resided. The ark, the box, was the place of God's personal, powerful, manifest presence with his people. The majestic glory and power of God Almighty lived in the box. It is where he would meet with his people and speak to them. Thus, when the tabernacle was constructed and eventually the temple built by Solomon, the Ark of the Old Covenant was placed in the most holy place behind the veil. But how does this relate to us today? There is a sense in which we, the Church, are the Ark of the New Covenant. The glory of God's presence no longer dwells in a box, but in us. The law of God is no longer found on tablets of stone, but has been written by the Spirit on our hearts. And the true manna from heaven, Jesus Christ, now dwells within each believer. What we do with our bodies is therefore of no small significance. How we view the church is of utmost importance. And our approach to worship and the proclamation of God's excellencies has been eternally transformed. 